Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants? And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Well, I walked into a Jiffy Lube with three kids in tow, and I was holding a car seat with an infant in this tiny little lobby when the manager asked, he's like, well, how can I help you? And y'all, I could not for the life of me think of the words oil change. So I looked up at the sign and I said, um, I, I, I need a lube job. Oh my goodness, you should have seen the look on this guy's face. I mean, I was mortified and he just fell to the ground. He was laughing so hard. But here's the thing. If I hadn't gone in to get maintenance on my car, it wouldn't have been safe for the kids. And so on today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of self-care and how it is a mandatory maintenance. Hey, if you're listening today, subscribe to my podcast, Motherhood Mindset. Go to Stephanie Pletka for all social media and visit my website at stephaniepletka.com for real life solutions, lessons, and mom hacks. Click on the link in this episode to support the show through Buy Me a Coffee. If you love this podcast and want to listen ad free, this is a way to support your show. Okay, so. Today's episode, I am so excited. So I'm interviewing my friend, Marissa Rader. We met as these mom entrepreneurs online, and we were describing our view from the podcasting mic when I laughingly said, well, I'm in my closet among ski jackets. And and she said, well, I'm in Iowa on a farm watching baby calves standing (laughs) by my bedroom window. And I'm like, girl, you win. (laughs) (laughs) So Marissa is a former teacher who was on the verge of burnout, a mom of three little girls, a certified life coach, and she's co-founder of the Nourishment Haven. It's an online community providing women personal development. She's on a mission to help women find their happiness by simplifying their personal growth journey. So Marissa... I am personally going to be taking notes with all of our listeners out there because I know you've got some great actionable steps on morning routines, self-care, and goal hacks. So, Marissa, where did your passion come from? Oh, that is such a good question. And first off, thank you for having me on here. You are like a breath of fresh air in my day, and I love it. So thank you. I, like you said, I was burned out. I was Google searching. Where do pregnant moms go when they are done? (laughs) I had two little girls at home. They were 16 months apart. My husband is a farmer. He's never home. I was teaching full time. And I was literally like, when celebrities get exhausted, they go to rehab for exhaustion in air quotes. (laughs) But in my mind, I'm thinking, I really just needed a rehab for exhaustion, mom exhaustion, work exhaustion, wife 
exhaustion. (laughs) And I set out to solve my own problem because I was reading the books. I was doing what the people were telling me to, and it wasn't making a difference. I was just getting in an even darker place because none of it was working. And that meant something was wrong with me. And it was my problem. And I was the only one having that issue, right? (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) I was so wrong. And so I started working with a life coach and all of a sudden, like three sessions in, she was like, have you ever thought of doing this for other people? She was like, you already know all of this stuff. You just aren't doing it. And I said, well, I just needed somebody to tell me validate my validate what I know and that I should be doing these things and hold me accountable. And so I went on a quest to simplify it for busy women because you don't have time to read a thousand books. You don't have time to meet with somebody for an hour every week to make your life better because you've got other things that that are a priority. And so that's where this all started. I figured there had to be a simpler way to meet the needs of moms, of busy women, and without it being a burden to them, without it being just another thing on their to-do list. You just described like 90% of American women. (laughs) They're all right now. I mean, I know for me, I'm going, me too. I have been there where I felt so frustrated. I'm like, there's got to be an answer. And I have Googled so many things where you're like, frustrated, exhausted mom. How did I get here? And uh, I like that. The celebrity rehab. You're like, people go to these things to rest, you know. And I had a mom the other day. She's like, if I could just, you know, you know, in the hospital where they're like, nothing really bad happens to you, but you're like, maybe you need stitches, but just keep me for a week and I'll eat the jello and watch TV. It'll be like a little, <laughs> little vacay. So let me ask you this. I know I have interviewed many women and for whatever reason, we, they often say like, oh, self-care feels selfish. So how would you define self-care and maybe reframe it? to sound like it's more of mandatory maintenance. Right. I think it depends on your definition of self-care. So if your definition of self-care is that you need to spend a day every week at the spa, having a massage and a facial and your nails done and your eyelashes and like, doesn't that sound wonderful? But we already discovered I'm not a celebrity. I don't have that kind of money. (laughs) B... I don't really have that kind of time either. And I think my husband would probably be like, really? (laughs) That's how you're going to spend a whole day of your week? Okay. (laughs) But honestly, self-care doesn't have to be those things. It doesn't have to be long soaks in the bathtub surrounded by a candlelight and essential oils. If that's not your thing, self-care can be as simple as like decluttering your, your kitchen counter because When I come downstairs and my kitchen counter is a disaster, the first thing I do is be like, man, I'm failing. I'm failing at keeping my house clean and keeping things under control. And so I found that just by decluttering my kitchen counter, that was self-care for me because that lessened my anxiety and made me feel better. So I started a routine five minutes before bed every night, declutter and you wake up happy. (laughs) And it's just simple things like that. It doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be soul searching and meditating for hours. Like, I think that that's the, 
the idea that society gives us and that's that's not the case it doesn't have to be that way that is so interesting yeah um i too was that mom who dealt with all the stress you know trying to navigate the careers and the kids and thinking i could have it all and i could have it now and when my expectations weren't met it just felt like a game of suffrage like motherhood was a game of suffrage and i felt like you know self-care was a waste of time like it meant that i was taking away from you know my children's time but just like a car needs gas and at some point your tires need to be changed right um it's neither safe or responsible to ignore self-care right exactly you are exactly right and so many of us think that it has to be one way or the other i either take care of myself or i lose out on time with my family but it depends on what your priorities are for me to be a really good mom i found out that i can't spend all day every day with my kids i could not be a stay at home mom it would not be good for me or my children <laughs> and so for me it's okay that they go to daycare and i work from home now I, that came to me in a realization that is part of my self care is having that boundary of i get my work done and then i can dedicate my time afterwards to them but on top of it if spending time with your kids is your priority then maybe you wake up a half an hour early i've started getting up at 5 a.m. i never thought those words would come out of my mouth because i am the least morning yeah let me say it a little louder 5 a.m. <laughs> because i can get my workout in for 20 minutes i can do 20 minutes of a devotional and then i can do 20 minutes of learning to help me grow as either a mom, a wife, a professional in my industry. It gives me that time before my kids get up. I then have time to shower and be fully ready and then i wake my kids up for school and i have that full hour with them to de dedicate to having a family breakfast which we never used to do. or being able to help them pick out new clothes if my oldest child is having sensory issues because she she's got clothes issues and allowing that time for them that was important but it also required me to make some changes to to my daily routine but i'm still getting that time in for me but i'm still being there for my kids you know that's interesting because for years i would hit that snooze button one too many times and I just wanted to be that person that just I needed sleep. You know, I love to stay up late. I'm a night owl, but I want to sleep in. And of course, you've got carpool and kids and get, you know, all the things. And uh it just got to a place where I just hit that snooze button and you know, even if it was for 15 minutes more, but there's that you're not even enjoying yourself because you know that you're wasting time and and then by the time you get up it's the kids are like looking over you and they're like mom and you already feel behind the eight ball you know and then you jump in the car and you can't find the kids shoes and then you're on like less than a a fourth of a fourth of a tank of gas you're on fumes i mean it's just oh you feel like your head's going to explode and then there's that like I don't know with, with me when I feel under pressure like I'm a real laid back person but when I'm under pressure you know I'm going to be like get in the car let's go and and uh I just kind of set the tone for the family 
And it's just, it's like a rogue spin top that creates its own inertia. We're just all out of control. And, you know, it's been said that when, when you um, own the morning, you own the day. And there have been many times where I don't own anything. (laughs) So what are some, um, what are some tips or morning routines or anything that we can kind of insert into our life to set a better tone for the day? That is a great question. And the first thing is to stop hitting the snooze button. That is, and that I know that sounds like cliche, like, well, of course, if I could just stop hitting the snooze button, I would have done it a long time ago, but I need that extra 10 minutes of sleep. I am a perpetual snooze hitter ever, ever since high school. I mean, since I started setting my own alarm, it was there for a reason, right? You should use it. Why would they make it if you weren't supposed to just get up when your alarm went off? That was my philosophy. Until I found out that when you hit the snooze button and you go back to sleep for even that nine minutes or whatever it is that the snooze on your alarm clock is set for, it starts your next sleep cycle over. So your sleep cycles happen in 90 minute increments. And if you hit snooze, it starts a brand new 90 minute sleep cycle. So you still wake up completely exhausted because you're waking up in the middle of a cycle that's not going to get completed And then on top of it, because you're trying to fight through it, your brain can't recover and it can take four hours for the grogginess to go away. So those people that are like, oh, I'm not a morning person. And this is just like waking up is the worst thing ever. It's probably because you hit snooze and you didn't just get out of bed because your brain is still trying to recover from not getting to finish its routine. And that's all it is, is a routine that's not finished. You made a great point there because... I'm sitting here thinking morning routine is everything, but perhaps it's the evening routine as well, because that is what is setting me up for success, maybe preparing the night before or on Sunday, cooking all the chicken or, you know, the things, because I've been, I've gotten a call at school before when the husband was out of town. And I realized after I put all the kids to bed, I had nothing in the kitchen. We didn't have peanut butter we had like one piece of bread and I just grabbed one of those frozen chimichangas <laughs> and I threw it in the lunchbox and the, the teacher actually called and she's like, um, well, we don't have microwaves and <laughs> we'll feed your kid goldfish. But what are some maybe evening routines that we could uh, set ourselves up for success? That is exactly where I tell people to start, to be real honest, is with their evening routines. And I had a client that actually taught me this, but she does the things at night that make morning herself happier. So like I do the things at night that make morning Marissa happy because everybody's happy then. And so like laying out my workout clothes or planning my morning routine, making sure everything's ready to go so that my morning can run smoothly before my kids get up out of bed. I have started doing a little bit of journaling and turning the TV off, no screen time, an hour or so before bed, because your brain gets into this routine. And so if you brush your teeth, wash your face and turn the screen time off and then read for 20 minutes before bed, when you get that book out, that signals to your brain that it needs to start slowing down for the night. So then all of a sudden you're more prepared to go to sleep. You get more rest sleep while you're sleeping because your brain has prepared for it. It's not go, go, go until the minute you lay down and then wonder why you can't turn your brain off. You have to teach your brain how to do those things. And 
it, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's whatever works for you. And people hate that answer. But truly, if, you know, reading calms you down, maybe it is a warm bath at night that gets you ready for bed, but find some sort of consistent routine that you can stick with that allows your brain to slow down on its own so that you're not trying to fight your natural routines because then you sleep better, you wake up better, you don't hit the snooze button, and then you can just start your day. And it's glorious. And it sounds great when I say it, but it is work. I, I won't lie to you. It is work to do it. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize there's such a psychology behind it on hitting the snooze button and winding down for the evening. And, you know, I, I know sometimes when I watch Netflix before I go to bed, you know, a couple of my boys, they love like the horror flicks and things. And I dream about everything that happens to me in the day. And I am completely like re, um, you know, it's like a rerun, like a bad sitcom rerun in my head. And I'm just rolling and tossing and turning. And I'm sure it affects my husband as well. <laughs> so there is a psychology behind it. I love that. Um, well, what would you suggest? Like, uh, are there like some actionable steps or how would we even start the process? The first thing is, is determining what your goal is. I'm a very like kind of analytical person only when it comes to routines. I could care less about analytics anywhere else in my life. But when it comes to routines, you have to know your goal. What, why are you creating this routine? Habits are your brain's way of making life easier. That's usually why we set up routines but there's always got to be a reason why you're doing it. So for me, it was to be able to support my kids in the morning, but still have time for myself. So then that was how I started implementing things into my day. So getting our lunches ready the night before, laying out the clothes for my kids the night before, you know, making sure the homework was done. So we weren't rushing in the morning and just having these routines built in because that was my goal to have a calm, peaceful morning where everybody went out the door in a nice, it's not orderly, let's go there, but you know, in a nice fashion to get in the car. And there are still mornings like this morning where I was like, get in the car, because naturally wouldn't today be the day that we would need to just get in the car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it does happen. Even when you try your hardest, there are still days where, you know, it hits the fan and you think, <sighs> but if you can, just really pick your goals. What, what do you want to get out of your morning routine? What, what do you want to get out of your evening routine? Do you want to set yourself up for success in the morning or do you want to just get a good night's sleep? It depends on what your personal goal is. And then you start from there. Okay. What would make me feel this way? How would I have a calm morning? I would look at things like I need to be up before my kids are up. We should not be getting ready simultaneously. I should be ready before they wake up. You know, that was how my routine developed was just by really analyzing each way that I could possibly make that calm feeling in the morning, because that was my overall goal. That's how I wanted to feel when I dropped my kids off at school. And most days we are successful, but well, work. life is life, right? Life is oh, messy yeah. and life is maintenance. So yes. we do our best. And, you know, there's this like, sometimes I've, I had a, I have an episode upcoming or maybe it was last week. I can't remember. It all runs together, but there's one on how we brand ourselves. Like we are like this, we have a PR, like a, a marketing brand. Are we just always late? Are we, you know, are we always like running and hitting carpool in hot are we and there's we can say always but is it like um you know it depends on 
certain seasons of your life, you know, if you just had a baby or you just started a job and you're trying to work in those transitions, but oftentimes it's, it's, are you mostly late? Are you mostly on time? I think when I don't do my morning routine, sometimes I'm like, ugh, I just don't want to do that. And I think where the selfish comes in is thinking it's just about me, you know, because I have four kids at home also, and they range from their teenagers, all teenagers, four teenagers. And I think to myself, if I don't want to do this, how is this going to affect them? I remember when one of my sons, he was, he's his qual his, um, I guess his love language is quality time and he hates to be rushed. And here I am the mom, you know, that's hitting the snooze button or I didn't cook the chicken or I just wanted to watch a Netflix episode or something. And then I'm like, Hey guys, we've got three minutes. Go, go, go. And everybody's diving in the car. But this one kid, it's like ruined his morning. He's sitting there at four years old in the lobby of, or the foyer of the house. And he's just crying. And I have catapulted his life into crazy. And I think, what is it like, you know, with me being his mom and he wants to soulfully, you know, enjoy his breakfast and get ready and jump in the car. And I'm like, skidding in everywhere I go, I have to think this is a bigger picture. It's not just about me, right? Absolutely. The The visual that I always give people is that there's that common saying where you can't pour from an empty cup. And my question always is, is why, why are you pouring from your cup? <laughs> what if you looked at it as you're overflowing it? What if you overflow your cup to fill the cups of the people around you? So, you know, you have your cup on top and, and your family's cups are underneath you and you fill your cup so full that it fills the cups underneath you. And then you're never depleted because your cup's always full, but your cup of your family is always overflowing too, because you are taking care of yourself. You know, I never, I have never heard it that way before. And that makes me, I feel like I could cry because you said instead of pouring the cup, it's just so bountiful that it's just overflowing. And I love that, you know, instead of just always feeling like, Oh, I got to give, give, give. Yep. Your life is so blessed and so full and you are um, preparing your life in such a way without procrastination and reading, reading the Bible, you know, and kind of setting the tone for the day and saying your mantras that I'm enough, you know, and I have what it takes and I'm the mom for the hour. So in the last couple of minutes, um, first, Lisa, Lisa Turker, she's the author of The Best Yes. I love her. She said, a woman who lives with the steps of an overwhelmed schedule will often ache with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. So that just kind of reiterates the pouring of the cup and the cup just overflowing. So I love that, Marissa, you're so amazing. Um, We've got about a minute left. Are there, is there anything else you would like to say or books or scripture quotes, anything that you would like to share? Just that, if you're feeling overwhelmed or even underwhelmed with life and you're, you find yourself in a place where you're like, this is just not how I imagined it. It's never too late. You are always worthy of taking that time for you and making your life 
better each day, even if it's just 1% better, even if it just starts with one little tiny piece of a routine, that's enough for now. You just have to keep pushing forward and, and finding the way to make it, to make it better because you deserve it. Absolutely. And you know, I think oftentimes we allow the to-do list to become our boss and that's really when the wheels come off the bus, right? And so if we can insert those things into our lives to create and set the tone for the day, that's just, that's good for everyone, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, what a great 24 minutes chatting with my friend, Marissa, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. I'm on social media. Instagram is kind of my jam. It's about the only place I hang out. Mom brain. I can only handle one. Um, but you can find me at marissa.rader on there and then marissarader.com. Make it easy. <laughs> Make it easy. I love it. And you and Jordan Ware have formed this incredible partnership on nutrition and self-care. It is so great. And you guys need to check it out. If this show has blessed you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. Just click subscribe. You could even take a screenshot of your review and you could tag me on Instagram at Stephanie Pletka and I'll share it in my stories because, hey, we're better together. If you're in the Phoenix area, tune in to 1360 Faith Talk every Monday at four or to the podcast every Tuesday. Listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So until then, here's to living your best life.